You're about to listen to a podcast full of wonder, excitement, and discovery. It's time for an adventure through Odyssey. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Adventures Through Odyssey podcast, Odyssey Revisited. I'm Will here with John, and I would like to open this podcast with a formal apology to focus on the family. After I said a few weeks ago, Odyssey Jumpstart only had one episode and they were never going to release the rest of them. They have, in fact, started releasing them on the club. And I have to give them credit, they're actually very well done, full of a lot of lore and artwork of characters we've never seen before. Huzzah to you, focus on the family. We finally know what Jenny looks like. The the most important of of details. I mean, it is nice. I wonder I wonder how much of this is them creating new artwork. Like being like, "Oh, let's add this character." Or have they had all these character designs somewhere? Yeah. Now, I will say it seems like they're trying to make a piece of artwork for every episode, which would be nice. Uh, what was like uh, I would say the two videos they posted are good. I don't know, if you made, say, ten of them, maybe post all ten of them so everyone has the context right away if you're giving this to someone as a Christmas gift. The club, I mean. I, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, they're very good, very well done, not too long. I formally apologize to folks in the family for doubting them on that front. Now, let me say this. If they're able to write, like, be doing illustrations for every single... Now, I don't know how Odyssey does its illustrations, like, in terms of, like how computerized it is or like how hand-drawn it is yes or like how much of it's by hand but i feel like the club half has to be doing well for them if they're able to try to make illustrations for every single episode at least i think that's what they're doing also in jumpstart they have like scenes reenacted of little motion puppets i sort of wish they would do that for some of the episodes too that might be kind of fun motion episodes that would be fun but anyway, that, that we just wanted to quickly bring that up before we dove into the wildest summer ever. Or the first... The summer thing. The first themed album, The Wildest Summer Ever, themed around a summer in Odyssey. And <laughs> we'll definitely get into this as we go, but we're going to start... Also, I think this is the album that's been renamed the most. Yeah, I think so. Because it was originally like Grins, Grabbings, and Great Getaways, then Stormy Weather during the re-release you know the first re-release now it's just the wildest summer ever which i i just find that interesting i guess that makes sense though because stormy weather is one episode but it's true anyway family vacation parts one important important episode but just one episode yes family vacation parts one and two the barkley family of four takes off for a florida vacation but they get stranded when the family car breaks down I mean, what can you say? An Odyssey classic. Is it? Yeah, it, it's, it is pretty good. I think it's also the first two-parter that ju- that isn't a family portrait episode that justifies its two-parter-ness. Yeah, I think it felt, it feels interesting and kind of nice to have an Odyssey episode so focused on like a family unit, especially a two-parter. Which I feel like is something we don't always get, especially nowadays. Yes, and it is also kind of a ballsy move for the first big episode away from Odyssey to basically be characters we've never seen before. Yeah. 
And, you know, the Barclays, you know, obviously we're going to talk about them a lot as we go through different episodes. But this, I mean, the characters, a lot of sense, kind of stayed similar to this. I think Donna is a little less upset in future episodes. Yes. Not that she's never, like, like, this is similar to her personality, but it's not like she's, like, being like, ah, oh, this is awful, like, all the time, you know? I would agree with that. Although she does it a little. She does it sometimes. She, like, the the skiing episode or whatever. Yes. And then, like, the next. She's only that way a little bit on vacation episodes. That's a good point. Hmm. All right, I'm going over everything. Uh, so are these do-it-yourself kits for cars real, or is this just a gag? What do you mean, do-it-yourself kids? At the beginning, Mr. Barkley, yo, Jimmy's, my dad got one of those do-it-yourself kits for the car, and then there's this whole gag throughout the episode that they can't get anything to work about doing something else. I wonder if it was a thing. Like, I wonder if that was a thing back in, like, the 80s that, that we wouldn't know about. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> that one of the writers, like, did and like i have heard like things about the like i feel like there are jokes from things about like the horn like in like sitcoms and stuff about the horn getting rewired to the wrong thing or something yes that feels like something in a pre-computerized car era you could get away with a little more easily yeah (laughs) so i oh what do we think so one of the first of Wit's inventions, right? Wit's boredom buster? It is definitely one of the first inventions to play a key role in the episode. Like, and now, it, I feel, like, when I think of that, I just think of it as kind of one of those things you buy at, like, a gift shop or something where it's just, like, this weird little, like, logic block. I mean, I think this is more technologically advanced, but I think of just those wooden blocks that you have to, like, open. I'm surprised they don't sell them at the Focus on the Family gift shop. That would be a good... Now, now, I don't know how good it would be, but back in its heyday, that would have been a fun, fun uh, gift idea. Oh, yeah. So, I'm going over everything. We get to the town. We meet their very judgmental son. Uh, I shouldn't say that. I do find it funny, though, that they seem to have found an even smaller town than Odyssey, where playing David and Jonathan is just something every kid in the town does, whereas in Odyssey, I feel like that might be laughed at a little bit. That is, that's a really good point. Because, yeah, Odyssey's supposed to be this super small town. They find a smaller town where it's like, what? You're playing Jonathan and David? Where that's such a thing that, like, obviously kids in Odyssey would also play. Yeah, now, I will say, because, you know, the the... Philistines just randomly attack them. This is something a lot in this album. You know, there are jokes about, you know, TV made me think quicksand was more of a problem than it actually was. I I think this album is, like, consistently things that if you li- watched a lot of kids' media in the 80s and 90s, you thought were going to occur more. And I think large-scale things like that are definitely on the list. So, just as an example... Growing up, you I would not fault you for thinking, oh, a soapbox derby is a thing that happens a lot. I've never seen a soapbox derby in real life. Yeah. Because, you know, these writers in the 60s and 70s probably did do the soapbox derby. So, just... I think it probably was another thing in, like, probably still around in, like, the 80s and 90s. But, like, 
My guess is it's just a total safety problem. Oh, I agree. It's a total safety problem. It's just very interesting to see, you know, the generation before writing kids media. And that's still happening now of kids of the 90s writing. Anyway, that's not really what this episode's about. Moving forward, you know, they have a great church picnic, tug of war. And according to the wiki, the Barkley family continue on their way, knowing the vacation has gone off to a great start thanks to a little Christian fellowship, which I don't really think was what the point was but okay yeah i mean i think i feel like what's really good about this episode is it's somewhat i feel like this is i i think maybe getting stranded in a small town is less realistic especially nowadays but a lot of like the stuff in the beginning of this episode is very like feels like a typical family kind of thing Yes, I would agree. The singing contest in the car. That was another thing. Chris lists off fun things we can do, like who can remember the most Bible verses and where they're found, or play an Adventures in Odyssey tape. Cha-ching! Mm-hmm. I, the, so, and I'm just reading this discussion question. What's the meaning of which message of boredom is under your control? I get what the episode's saying, and I think this episode has aged interestingly, just in that now there are so many more options for these kind of situations. Mm-hmm. So. Did we, did, yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, did they ever make it? I don't, they never make it to their grandparents' house, right? No, they do. Okay, I forgot. I always forget whether the end they actually make it or not. They never show them making it, but they do imply they got there. Okay. Because it would have been nice, I feel like, you know? Yes, I, I don't disagree. All right. The day independence came. Erwin Springer, a middle schooler interested in history, falls when trying to get a book and imagines that he visited the Revolutionary War and witnessed the signing of the Declaration of Independence. So, um, very... Episode with many, like, interesting stories behind it. Yes, the... Chick-fil-A protest, because it was included in an episode, George Washington prayed in the name of God, and people protested outside on a Sunday. Lol. Classic story. I mean, it's also, like, the fir- one of the first, I think the first history one, where they wanted, like, to tell, like, a history narrative with a kid, and they didn't know how to do it because they didn't have the imagination station yet. Yes. Yes. And I think it's a pretty decent... I think it's a pretty, like, fun idea. I mean, the kid's not too injured, but, like, him hitting his head. Yes. But I get why they can't, like, it's a Like, they can't keep doing that unless it would have been a really funny running joke in Odyssey if Wit's library is just considered this, like, danger zone where kids keep getting knocked on, keep, like, falling off the ladder and, like, not getting knocked out temporarily i mean obviously they wouldn't do that but like it would have been so funny if they were like yes this should be a, a running gag yeah uh i would also like to point out and so obviously you know ben franklin sounds like whip probably because they wanted to use the same voice actor and if it's his imagination he probably would imagine people sounding like other people but at the end of the episode, when he says to Wit, you know, Ben Franklin looks inside just like you and Wit does the voice, it also implies that after he got knocked out, Wit and Tom ran into the back forest and reenacted the Revolutionary War. Yeah. I mean, I know that's not quick, quick, I know, let me say this. As a child, it was always, the, the Ben Franklin thing at the end was always weird to me. Like, 
I was always confused what that meant. Like, wait, was he Ben Franklin? Like, what's going on here? Like, you, to, you know, and it's not that confusing, but like, as a kid. Right, because it does end with saying it was all just a dream, or was it? Which, you know, maybe we shouldn't imply the kid getting hit on the head didn't have a dream. Yeah. Over, but overall, I think I think this is a really good 22-minute history episode. I think it covers a lot. Uh, it is very 1980s in that we definitely talk about American history differently now. Mm -hmm. But we're not going to get into that because I'm not going to shuffle through those emails. Yeah, but good call. Yes, I'm checking everything. But yes, a very good episode. I also think a very firm patriotic episode of memory because I do seem to recall this time in the summer a lot of TV networks would be airing either bumpers about what did you know about American history or the one semi USA episode they made. That's I and yeah, it's it's weird that they had to for the American Revolution episode do like this like kid gets hit in the head out sort of thing. Yeah, because, right, there's so much going on in small towns for 4th of July. You think they could have come up with something more like, maybe, like, oh, it's like the Odyssey 4th of July celebration. Maybe they didn't want it to be a repeat of the Veterans Day, of, like, the war episode, because that had just happened. That's true. In the sense that two episodes discussing stuff like that might have been too much that close together. I also, I also think this was the first time they clearly dabbled in, do we want the kids to be part of the history, and they were trying to figure out how to do that. But I kind of agree, maybe having this kid go around to different booths at, like, a 4th of July festival, and everyone tells a bit of the story, would have been a little less jarring than kid gets bonked on the head. Yeah, I agree. Alright, stormy weather. Connie doesn't like Odyssey and feels she is being swamped by Christians. So she wants to go back to California, but when Wick gets hurt, she realizes how much he means to her. Odyssey, old Odyssey would sometimes did not pull punches. This is true. Like, I, like, like, Wick having glass, like, spray it on him and start bleeding. I would agree. Like, I just, in my head, I'm like, would that happen today? Definitely. Like, what, would they pull something that dramatic? I would agree. I, I, I guess in the current album, they have a bomb, something implanted in Jason's brain, and they have to go do brain surgery and, like, all this stuff. But at the same time, I'm, like, in kind of an off-key episode just to show how much a character means to someone. Would they just have, it like, a character just start bleeding? <laughs> That is a good question. I honestly, yes, I agree it is intense, especially because the episode up until that point has been mostly dialogue, Connie kind of hemming and hawing about what she wants to do. Yeah. But yeah, I think it is a an interesting turning point in Connie's art. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In that, we had not had a, I think this is the first, like, Connie-centric episode in a very long time, contextually, so. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very character-driven episode until that point, and yeah. even after. It's, it's, it is interesting how deep they went into Connie's psyche at this time for some things. Now, I will say, as we said in the previous episode, it is really funny how they kind of view California as, like, the enemy. Especially when I don't even think California... I feel like California probably was still considered somewhat conservative at this point in time. <laughs> Ish, yes. I guess it's this idea where it's... right, Not fully, but, like, more so than it... I mean, today, it's considered very differently. And I don't know if it's necessarily the political thing about it. I... It, it probably they're just thinking out it's like california it's like the it's like big the beach and it's like it's just it's i guess also they are probably close to they were probably close to california when they filmed it again like they were in colorado there. yeah and even though odyssey is supposed to be more ohio like to me it make more sense to be like new york city if it was really a thing in Ohio they were talking about but you know yeah, I would agree probably where they were located California was like the big deal yeah it definitely feels like at this point they knew what they wanted to do with Connie's character and needed this episode to strongly set up how desperately she wants to go back to California yeah that it seems like they I wonder if they were debating in their heads how like when I originally introduce Connie how long was the Connie arc gonna be to her becoming a Christian and it definitely felt like after that episode they were like we gotta like speed it up and they did this episode which really like accelerates a lot of that stuff I would concur uh yeah it would be I'd be interested to see where they were originally planning on taking that so good time I think this is also the first time he call she calls him wit I could be wrong about that uh, that's very possible. It's not treated as a huge moment when it does happen, so... Hmm. But she had been calling him Mr. Whitaker up until that point. Anyway. Uh, moving on to the next episode, which I think we'll have more to say about. VBS Blues. Ned Lewis's VBS class is a mess, and he must perform a sketch in front of the entire church. If everything goes well, the church will consider starting up a drama program, but things don't look too good for Ned. Ah, uh, Ned Lewis. Such an interesting character. I think he is to some. I mean, he only had two episode appearances, but he do, he is kind of one of the early reoccurring characters in his own way. Wait, I thought Ned Lewis. No, no, no. I thought maybe I'm thinking of a different. Maybe I've mixed up Ned Lewis and this other character for a long period of time. Isn't there like a character that like Connie helps in the episodes where he yeah she like commits herself too much? Yes, that is somebody else. Oh, I feel like I've mixed them up 
for like this entire time. I do think this isn't. In- I I still like Ned Lewis as a character, but for some reason, I feel like I conflated those two characters. Oh yeah. So um, I am just going to say it. I do not have memories of VBS being like this. It was generally a herding of cattle at our church. Yeah, I think. I mean, I'm sure it differs from church to church, but that's definitely what modern VBS, I think, is across the board. Now, again, maybe this is how it was in the 70s or 80s. Well, I feel like VBS is kind of a modern phenomenon. Yeah, that's... Well, that would be interesting. Stay tuned for our bonus episode on the history of vacation Bible school, you know? Not actually going to happen, but... The origins of Vacation Bible School can be, can be traced back to Hoopdale, Illinois in 1894. Okay. <laughs> but, like, I mean more the modern, modern one. But regardless, um... Yeah. I, I, I do feel like this is a very fun episode. Like, I think the, the play at the end's hilarious. Yes. How it goes... I mean, it's funny where it's like, oh, it was so... I mean, let me say this. I've had a lot of... Like, having gone to a Christian college, I had an uh, experience with, like, a guy who was trying to do a class film. And I do think sometimes these people who want to do, like, a theater show and it'd be, like, super serious and moving and, like, these people who... Or, like, like, a movie. Like, they kind of get so full of themselves to be like, that's, like... That's not what people want to see. I would agree. The one thing I would say is it sounds like he just wanted to do, like, a normal interpretation. Although I do agree, the play they put on is a very good, funny moment. I could also see that scandalizing some people in the audience. I could see that... I guess I could see that, too. I mean, it it really depends on, like, the attitude of people at the church. But they're also expecting, like, you know, this is to be kids putting it on. Yes. I guess... I, I recall when I was partially involved in a class film at Wheaton College, and I very recall, I'm not going to, I don't even remember this person's name, to be honest, but he was talking about how, like, yeah, people make the mistake where they try really hard to do this super dramatic, like, movie, like, short film, and then it doesn't do well. So you're, you're, I think, oh, so he's going to do a comedy. So he's like, instead, I've written something really, but they, he still did like a dramatic one, but he just thought what he wrote was a better dramatic. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Uh, it is funny because they don't portray Ned like he's full of himself, but you could totally buy him being a little full of himself. I will also say, I, I do feel for Ned that he was thrown three clearly rambunctious troublemakers and there was no adult in the room to help him. Yeah, that that's what seems less realistic, that there's just no adult volunteers. I mean, there probably are, but it's honestly... Like, clearly high schoolers do... It's true. Clearly, clearly high schoolers help out at VBS. But yeah, to just say, like, here, have at it is a little... Especially because it's... Mark Lewis is probably, like, a high schooler. Yes. Like, somewhere in the high school range, and these are sixth graders. Yes. So, like, it's not that big of an age gap. 
I would agree with that. I mean, that's how it goes sometimes. But was there anything else about this episode? We don't know what the theme of the VBS is, but that's not that important. Um, Some really good, I mean, good jokes at the end. Fire extinguisher, some good cultural references. Yeah, yeah. You know, Rambo, Star Wars. I was about to say, is this like the only Odyssey episode where they use the actual reference and not some off version of it? Maybe. Rambo specifically is a very interesting reference for them. Star Wars, yeah, Rambo is like a very direct, violent reference. Yeah. I feel like at that point, though, Rambo was just kind of like a term people used. I would agree. I would also say this. For years, I thought, oh, media in general has spoiled the Luke, I am your father twist for me. And no, it was this episode. That's very funny. I mean, I guess at that point it had been, like, what, 10 years? Uh, it, maybe 15. The, the point is, every other time it's referenced, it's never, like, directly mentioned to be Star Wars. Anyway, so yes, fun episode. Yeah. I like that we kind of get, not a redemption, but hey, these kids want to come to the Bible school some more. Hip, hip, hooray. It's good. Yes. I mean, it's, like, it's a good episode kind of about expectations and, like, connecting with people for Christ. It is just, I look at Ned Lewis, and it's like he's a fun character, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, what? I, I'm I, I'm a little befuddled by, like, what he expected. It, it I, He's not shown to be full of himself, but I get the sense he would, like, he's like, I've written this great script for, like, Radjack, Meshach, and Abednego in the Fiery Furnace. Yes. Yes, I and would. then and he's like, oh, it's gonna move people to tears, and it's like, no, you probably can't make that kid. Yes, I would agree. All right, next yeah. up, next up, kids radio. Brad and Sherman hit the airwaves with their very own radio station, but without proper support, the project is headed for trouble. I mean, the first. The first of uh, a long string of Kids Radio episodes, although, doesn't it disappear for, like, a few years and then yeah. they bring it back? It comes back two years later in the big broadcast. Yeah. I have the sneaking suspicion they thought that was it. They realized, oh, we've got a way to tell these stories without having to have a character sit down and tell them the story, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm... Sh- Here's the thing. I applaud Odyssey for, like... 100% how this scenario would go down in real life. Oh, yeah. If it was just kids running it, no one was getting paid. They were just doing it for fun. Yes. Now, I do want to point out... It the... is funny. Oh. No, say what you guys I was going to say, during the news report, that there is a reference to the Soviet Union, Mikhail Gorbachev, and Glasnost. Well, hey. I mean, not funny, because there's some tragic things going on there. It is just very interesting to listen to this kid show that came out, like, as the Cold War was ending, making these references. It was a different time. Well, a different time. Oh, true. I do find it funny at the end that Wit's just like, it's over. Like, Wit just shuts it down. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, good on Wit for being the adult and taking it over. Mm-hmm. I I mean, 
it, it's hard because kids radio does lose some of its luster from its initial idea in this episode where it is only run by kids where in later ones you definitely get the vibe that it's like which little now side it's like project. adults are running it yes yeah it's like a weird side project sort of thing that clearly like a lot of adults are running but you're also like what programming are they showing on it see that would be an interesting episode what's some of the b-tier stuff on kids radio don't make another or is is no see what you're gonna say don't make another knocks on episode guys make that (laughs) well i I my I wonder because you know at the end of this episode they said oh we want it as part of our Saturday morning lineup yes which so sometimes you're like oh are those just those kids radio episodes but then at the same time you're like well then there's candid conversations with Connie which is on kids radio which is clearly its own thing I wonder if it's just like music or like right. old like I could see it being like old Lone Ranger I was gonna say the big in the, the com- yeah. public domain the big broadcast definitely implies that they have they found ways to fill up the station I, I think what Brad and Sherman are doing at the end of this episode is a completely different thing now what I do fi- now what I do find interesting and I've always thought about this that you know you mentioned kids bro something that kids would kind of lose interest in after a summer. I do kind of wonder, like, let's follow Brad and Sherman and see what happened the next summer. They never do that. Uh, or maybe this episode ends and, like, th- four weeks later, when school goes back, they have to figure out what to do with it. I-, I just think, had this happened a year later, would there have been a more interesting way to address this? Well, it would have been interesting. And I think probably what happened was they did the whole thing of, like, oh, you can be part of the Saturday morning lineup. You know, like... You know, like that's a that's a fun uh, topic idea, but I I feel like they didn't like see the potential in kids radio until much later when I think those kids and like that storyline had kind of been like okay that's kind of too old to revive because yes. they could have just if they had had the plan they could have just said oh this is like the Saturday morning kids radio special yeah you know there seemed to be an implication there is an implication at the end of this that oh kids radio will come back when it's ready and i think that was just their way of saying maybe yeah see again good episode i think i think it teaches a unique lesson we don't hear a lot so that's nice all right yeah that that it's 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 like exactly how it would have happened but like it, it, it is a strange scenario. Like, with Kids Bro, you know, although I do think kids would kind of get bored with that after a while, or, like, there would be questionable elements, you don't really want to introduce this super fun idea of, like, this town for kids and just say, oh, kids lost interest. This is, like, a fun idea where it's like, yeah, a radio station hosted by kids, that would be a lot of fun, but also, like, you're not, like, horribly disappointed if they don't do anything else with it. Yes. So to kind of convey this story about, you know, people losing interest, they, it's a it's a smart way of doing it. 